Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above. And it is a bit of a melancholic day. I'm feeling it in a big way, and it transitioned somewhere around 6.30 or so this morning. I suddenly felt like the weight of living was on my shoulders. I don't know what the hell that means. But if you're feeling a little melancholic, that is probably something that is happening up in the stars. And sure enough, just before I came on air, I discovered where that was. Um, and it doesn't help that a client reached out to me this morning to tell me that her husband had died in an motorcycle accident yesterday. And shocking, right? Shocking events are still happening to us. And that is part of the power of eclipses. Things change like that, right? Things happen when we least expense, uh, expect them. And, you know, eclipses, they create doorways. They create pathways between our dimension and another dimension. The dimension of life on Earth, the dimension of life beyond Earth, maybe perhaps dimensional gateways to other lifetimes in other dimensions as well. So it's also the first day that I am without my brother, sister, and sister-in-law, who for the last week and a half, two weeks almost, uh, we've spent quite a bit of time together. They left on their way to uh, go back east. They're headed to Mount Rushmore. <sighs> it's one of those kind of days. It's going to be one of those kind of weeks where we may experience the highs and lows of all of the different planetary energies as they're moving about the, uh, the world, as they're moving about the atmosphere, as they're moving about the astronomy <laughs> of the sky. It is today a moon in Pisces day. Remember, we are headed for that new moon solar eclipse on Wednesday and into Thursday, depending on what time zone you are in. West Coast, Mountain Time, Central Time, you are all, and Hawaii, Alaska, we are all going to experience it on the 19th. And those of you on the East Coast and further across the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean and into Europe, you're going to experience that early on Thursday morning, the 20th. Now, eclipses, again, they don't, it's not like that day at that time, something big happens or transitions occur. It happens anywhere from a week or two before the eclipse, during the eclipse, after the eclipse, and on and on for the next six months. Every time that there is a connection to the degree of the sky that the eclipse occurred at. So I, I was noting that uh, in our uh, regular charts that I pull up every morning, uh, that I'm on air anyway, uh, that the charts are always going to show me because I ask for the prenatal lunar and solar eclipses. They tell me when, where was the previous eclipse? And every time a planet passes over the degree that the previous lunar eclipse was at or previous solar eclipse was at, we have another perhaps instance of something that the initial eclipse brought into our lives. And that might mean sometimes we are experiencing the next level of something that's really positive, but it could also be the next level of change, something being taken away um, that necess by necessity needs to go, but can feel very much punitive sometimes or not so good. And on top of that, this morning we have the moon in a conjunction to Neptune. 
and that further takes us into psychic energy, intuitive energy, uh, the energy of maybe feeling a little bit more low or lethargic. Remember, Neptune can sometimes muddy things up, make it hard to understand what you're feeling, why you're feeling what you're feeling, all those kinds of things. So today we're dealing with that a bit. Then the moon goes into the void at 11.58 my time, so Pacific time. The moon will go into the void and be there until 6.10 p.m. Pacific time. So if you have something you need to get done, get done early this morning, get it done or get it started, uh, get it out of your uh, hair, so to speak, before 11.58 a.m. West Coast time. That'll be 2.58, I think, on uh, East Coast. And then after we break the void, the moon will meet into Aries and preparing for her new moon status. So we'll be in the closing phase, what we call the balsamic phase of the moon, where we're actually closing down, right? We're ending, we're buttoning up, if you will, the experiences from the previous new moon. Now, the previous new moon was on March 20th-ish, and depending on time zone again, I don't remember exactly what day or what time it was on the, the spring equinox or just post spring equinox. I think it was the 20th for those of us on the West Coast and the 21st maybe for those of you further east. That was the last new moon. And so we find ourselves now with another new moon in Aries, but at the opposite end from zero degrees, we go to 29 degrees. So what we see is a lot of the things that were beginning or that were presented as opportunities during this 30 day period of time, actually 28.5 days, 29 days, um, <clears throat> are coming to an end or we're having, we're coming to a choice point, a point in which we have to choose whether to keep going or to let something go. So it makes sense then that there could be some endings. It could make sense that we're feeling a little bit maybe pulled in different directions. So all of that is something that we could be experiencing. So then I look to see where is Neptune, right? Neptune being an outer planet brings the collective energy to the surface. And collectively, Neptune is sitting at the gate 36 in the line four. And that is a gate that brings up crisis. It sits on the solar plexus. So, of course, it's filled with emotional ups and emotional downs, uh, forcing us to try to respond to what is occurring in our lives instead of reacting to the events that are occurring in our lives. And the crisis brings on turmoil in the gene keys. This is turmoil in its uh, lowest expression. And as we start to move into uh, higher levels of this uh, energy, we finally, we arrive at compassion, compassion for ourselves and compassion for others. And that is, of course, the high side of Neptune. But never forget that Neptune in Pisces is in its home rulership. It's in its own home. It's quite comfortable here. It has another couple of years to transit through this sign. And while it is doing that, we are honing our intuitive abilities or we are re-instigating them, right? We, we were never without them. 
We just thought we were without them because we were depending more on our heads. We were depending more on logic. We were pretending that, you know, we aren't intuitive. That was only women who were intuitive, maybe, <laughs> or that uh, intuition isn't reliable, those kinds of things. And here we are learning how powerful our intuition actually is and that it was part of the original gift that we have, right? We have three gifts uh, in terms of ways of knowing. The first is intuition, right? It, it was the first. And intuition is instinctual. And then the second way is knowingness, where we can say we don't know how we know what we know, but we know, right? Knowingness. I can say that a lot happens in, in my life where I don't know how I know what I know. I just know. It's almost like this morning I was already feeling the sadness from a client friend of mine whose husband passed away yesterday. And I was bringing it, it was infusing within my body. And so we as we're all connected, as we're all interconnected, we can all really tap into these things. And I, I sat here this morning talking to Terry going, I don't know what's wrong. I don't feel like living. Living is boring. I don't want to be here, even though I don't want to go away. I want to be here, but I don't want to be here this morning. Like, where do I want to be? I don't know. But I was feeling all these weird feelings that are coming up. So if you two are feeling those kind of weird feelings, don't be alarmed. It's just what happens when we have these kinds of transits coming on. And mostly it's because they redefine us in some way. And I think maybe that's what I'm feeling is I thought I was redefining myself and my role and what I do in the world and who I am in the world. And I really haven't done it at all. That's kind of what I was feeling. Like I really haven't redefined myself at all. I'm still the same old me, st still struggling with the same old you know what and irritated that those same old, same old things are still there, even though I thought I had taken steps to uh, change those things in my life. So hmm, I don't know what that all means. But again, we're in a closing phase, right? We're closing things up before that new moon hits, that new moon eclipse on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. And depending on what's been going on in your life, where Aries is in your life, because primarily this is an Aries function, that will be occurring, right? The new moon last was in Aries, zero degrees. This next one, 29 degrees and an eclipse. Very powerful for shutting down the old, uh, but also opening up what's new. In my life, that's happening in my 10th house. So it feels like it is all about what I do in the world. Feels like about who I am in the world. And I don't know what that means, right? I don't know what that means at this point. So I'm really hoping, hoping, hoping that the new moon <laughs> is going to bring me some kind of definition for myself on what comes next. Now, when we're looking at the solar plexus, which is where Neptune is sitting, which is where the moon will conjunct today before making the move into Aries later in the day. This is what we're going to be left with, by the way, right? We are left with the conjunction of the moon to Neptune in the void. So it gives us plenty of time for considering, for journaling, for meditating, for discovering what it's what is most important to you. What is it that I want to take with me as I move in through that new gateway? What do I want to leave behind as I uh, move through that gateway? So the 
solar plexus energy then tells us it's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of emotion here. And the emotions are just ways to calibrate you to your heart. So let me say that again. Your emotions are a way to calibrate you to your heart. And what I mean by that, by your heart, is what's true for you, what your true life direction is. Where are you going, right? What are you here to do? Your heart and your emotions work together to keep you on track, to keep you moving in the right direction. When you're not feeling so good about that direction, it's quite possible you're moving in the wrong direction. Or it's quite possible you are reacting to the possible fear, perhaps, of moving in a new direction, of releasing what no longer is, right? So a lot of things that are going on and it can feel not so pleasant. So let me say good morning to people here. Trust me, I will be fine. I am There's nothing wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with you if you're also feeling like this. At times we go through these phases. And, And, you know, the thing is, it's not so much that we're going through the phase. It's that between where we are and where we will be is a whole lot of unknown. A whole lot of I don't know what. I don't know when. I don't know who. I don't know how. I don't know anything. Right. I don't know anything. And you know what? That's actually a good place to be the I don't know. As long as you stay open to what could be, what will come, what will happen, those kinds of things. Be open, but know that also some things are closing down. And that's, you know, my feelings this morning are really kind of a natural reflection of what is closing down. All right. So good morning to Tom. It's good to see you out there. Julie, good morning or treat yourself. Good morning and blessings. And everyone in Astro Design, Tom, I'm on My iPhone today is my iPad is out sick. (laughs) Mine does that too, periodically. Uh, Corey, good morning. J-Lo, hello. Corey says, sorry for your client's loss. My father unexpectedly went into the hospital. It's exactly the thing, right? And here's the other thing. And I'm not, you know, you don't know this person, so it's all good, right? Um, But hold on, I've got to allow somebody to do something really quick. I hate it when that happens, but if I don't, then there we go, Um, is that the highs are followed by lows or the lows are followed by highs. So in her words to me, she had just come home from a weekend that she had had a blast, right? She was having such a great time and they got home from their fun weekend away and there's a knock at the door and it was the cops telling her, that her husband had died in an uh, in a motorcycle accident. Wow, right? And that's the thing, we go from these highs down to these lows and we feel a little bit like we have, uh, you know, that ragdoll feeling, right? Going from the high to the low, what is going on, right? We're being shaken up. Uh, Christine Buckingham, good morning. Joan Durchie, good morning. Christine says, healing wishes for your dad, Corey. Indeed, Corey, hopefully he gets well quickly. Good morning, Natasha. It's good to see you out there. Uh, My love is with all of you as you go through the dance of life. Good morning, Londa. I've missed you. I'm so glad you're home. Uh, Sorry to hear that, Corey. Lots of people wishing you well and your dad well. Michelle Gay, good. Good morning to you. Mermaid Infinity Rainbow. I love that. That just makes me smile inside. Tom, Corey, love and gratitude to you and your dad. 
uh, Kathleen Mallory, good morning. Julie Kiss, good morning. Tom, Janet, we're still getting used to the new glasses. Keep the faith. <laughs> um, I also have a new bedspread on my bed. You guys can't really see it because I didn't change the pillows yet. Um, Corey, love and appreciate you. Thank you very much. Kajella says, hello, tribe. Lori Broden, good morning. And Christine Buckingham, is that Uranus bringing the unexpected? Yeah, well, there is that, right? He continues to joggle the field, jiggle the field. Remember, his whole purpose is awakening and his whole purpose is liberation and revolution and rebellion. And I mean, I looked my husband square in the eye today and I told him I was bored. I told him I'm bored. I don't know what that meant, except the gate 20, the gate 36, where Neptune is sitting, is sometimes called the gate of boredom, or it's boredom that causes you to create crisis in your life by making changes or transforming likely the wrong things because you want new experiences. And I think that's what I'm craving, new experiences. I feel like I'm doing the same things over and over and over again, like Groundhog's Day. Wake up get ready, do this, go to bed, wake up, get ready, do this, go to bed, right? Doesn't that feel boring? And that's what I've been struggling with now that I think about it. So there is that. But Uranus craves the freedom for change and craves the liberation from anything that we're feeling tied to and anything that we are stuck in. And remember, he's in the sign of Taurus, so Taurus is where the new energy is going right after that eclipse, right after the eclipse, the next day or several hours later in my uh, world, the eclipse happens at 930 something PM on Wednesday night and Urana or the sun moves into Taurus at 113 AM. So they're just hours away. So we're moving from this Aries new beginning energy to this Taurus energy, which now is going to start charging us up with getting unstuck, getting out of our comfort zones. And am I just feeling that that trigger coming? I, I'm not sure, but it's possible. And Uranus doesn't take prisoners, right? So he, he's stirring the pot. He wants us to be free, liberated. And remember Saturn is sitting right now at gate 55 in your human design, also on the emotional center, which in its lowest energy is about victimization or victim thinking, uh, victim martyr even, you can go so far as to say that, and also a Piscean energy, moon in Pisces triggering all that up right now. The moon was conjunct Saturn earlier in the weekend. And the 55's highest expression is freedom, 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 capitalized, all caps, freedom, capitalized freedom and victimization energy in the lowest. So we're moving through all of that to get to the other side. All right. So then let's see what else do we got here? Corey, uh, da, da, da. Yes, is that your right? Uranus bringing the unexpected. Londa, I am not home. We are traveling today, though. Oh, well, Londa, when you get home, call me. I need my friend. I need to talk to my friend. Uh, at any rate, the next 
thing that we are looking at will be Taurus energy. And as the sun begins his move through the sign of Taurus and then conjuncts <laughs> the North Node, then conjuncts Uranus, will then also have Jupiter moving into Taurus. Before the sun moves out of Taurus, we will have Jupiter moving into Taurus. And so we are moving from all of that new beginning energy to the cultivation energy, to the nurturing energy, to the taking care of the growing and evolving of something. So And that is also the thing. What maybe I'm even thinking about, like, well, what am I cultivating? Did I even start something new? I don't know. I don't feel like I've started anything new. Hmm. There's that, right? Did we start something new? Have we actually let go of anything so that we were free to move forward? Yes, there is always that. So we have a lot. To, <laughs> there's a lot going on. I, sh- I I need to get out of my Gemini head, get down into my body and do something, right? Uh, J-Lo, oh, I am so happy. I'm, I mean, I'm not happy that you're feeling the same way, but I'm happy that I'm not alone here. She says, I've been feeling the same way. I was being a bit lazy mazy today, then jumped up and said, girl, get up now. Oh, my goodness. Kathleen, I had weird dreams. There was a bomb sitting in my kitchen in a beer cooler. Wonder if it's about Uranus. That is interesting. I love what Tom says. It's time to cut back drinking. (laughs) That's a good one, Tom. Kathleen, that's an interesting dream. Or it's time to start drinking, she says. I don't know. Things are weird, right? Things are just weird. And we just have to go through it. You know, and here's the thing that I've been feeling more than anything. And it's not even here yet. Like this is weird because it doesn't happen until later this week or next week, but I've been feeling like what in the heck is the meaning of all of this, right? What is the purpose, right? It feels sometimes, it feels um, like we're just repeating the same old stuff. Right. The same old people in the news saying the same old dumbass things, doing the same old stuff. Right. We keep it's like on auto repeat. Right. Shootings, auto repeat. People fighting over what we should if we should if we should have guns or not. And the inevitable blowback from the NRA and the Republican Party that wants guns and then blowback again by, you know, oh, my God, it's over and over and over again with nothing getting settled. And I, I mean, please don't think I'm against guns. It's not about that. I'm just saying these are the these themes keep coming back at us, keep coming back at us over and over and over again, like Groundhog Day. Did you guys ever watch that movie, Groundhog Day? It is an interesting movie because he keeps waking up every morning and the same thing keeps happening over and over and over. What's funny about that is while I was out of town, one night I caught uh, the movie 50 First Dates. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's sort of the same thing. This girl, Drew Barrymore, has a memory issue. When she goes to bed at night, it wipes her memory. And so she wakes up the next morning and she doesn't she doesn't even know what she's been through, right? She doesn't know any of this. So <laughs> we have 50 First Dates, we have Groundhog's Day, and we are on Wash, Rinse, and Repeat. Wash, w- Rinse, and Repeat. It makes me feel like we're not learning something. Like what are what are we what are we supposed to be doing here? And I can't even really tie that to the astrology because the astrology is all about change, 
and transformation and evolving and growing and starting something new. But somehow we're on this lag. Now, I also want to tell you guys about a show I watched. I, I was glommed onto it yesterday after I got the morning newsletter out or the, the weekly newsletter out. I was just skating through to see what was on. And there's this show, I think it's on Amazon Prime, and it is called The Power. Watch it. It's all about women who suddenly begin to grow a new organ along their uh, collarbone, and they call it a skein, S-K-E-I-N. And I, the only thing I know about a skein is like a skein of yarn, and this turns out to be like a bundle of um, energy that be, that allows them to have electricity that comes from them. And so women who have been oppressed, they first see it in the US and then they start to see it in like Saudi Arabia and Africa, women taking back their power. And it was it blew me away. That show blew me away. It's only five episodes. So you you left you're left wanting more. It's actually based on a book by somebody whose name I don't remember now. But if you want to watch something for that, watch it. The power. And uh there's good actors in it, Tony Collette and uh, John Leguizamo and the, the rest of the people. I didn't recognize their names, but they're younger people. So it starts with younger women. And yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but it's wonderful. It's a wonderful show. Lori Broden says, I was born on Groundhog's Day. <laughs> so Lori, do you completely feel like you're sometimes living out uh, the same thing over and over? Uh, yeah, anyway. All right. So what else can we expect this week? Let's, let's break down the, um, solar eclipse, right? A solar eclipse, which means the sun is what is muted, right? The sun, the ego is what is muted during a solar eclipse. It's when the sun and the moon come together and they just, it just so happens that, you know, it's a sun, moon, earth kind of thing. And we see the sun hidden, right? Now, we won't see it up here. It's an Australia uh, is where they'll view this, Australia and uh, the, the South Pacific. And when the sun is muted, what's left is the reflection of the sun through our own bodies, right? What is it that we're reflecting on? And the reason it is all about new beginnings is because, you know, it's a new moon, right? The new moon. But at the new moon, you know, we we usually will see at least the sun. But in this case, we're not going to see the sun. And that tells us a little bit about where we stand, right? Where do we stand? It, it almost opens up some kind of doorway for us to move forward because we don't have the brilliance of the sun blinding us, nor do we have really the emotion of the moon causing us upset, even though right now I'm feeling a lot of upset. But literally speaking at that time, it sort of like opens the pathway. I always think of the parting of the Red Sea, right, where suddenly the way forward is possible. So that's the mechanics of it all. But then when we start to break down, you know, the position and where it is, especially in human design, we really see that this moon 
time is working on us in a way to create innovation. In human design, you know, we've talked about circuitry. And there are three main circuits. There's the individual circuit, there's the tribal circuit, and then there's the um, collective circuit. Well, the gate three, where the sun is going to be, and then also the moon, sun and moon will be both at gate three. Uh, that is the individual circuitry. And the individual circuitry sometimes has the effect or impact upon us of feeling so different that we feel like a fish out of water. Like sometimes we get the feeling of like, you know, where did my people go? <laughs> like they dropped me here on this planet and then they left me, right? So there's sometimes this feeling of being so different, thinking differently, seeing the world differently, and then having trouble expressing how you see yourself in that world in a different way. So it causes the gate three to kind of create, you know, from nothing right, to create a new path, forging a, a way forward that's innovative and inventive. And yet there is sometimes some turmoil with that. In the I Ching, the gate three is uh, trouble in the beginning. It makes you, you know, when you start something new, like if you start a new diet, right, you, there's always the first day that you start that. But, you know, it's sometimes we have trouble getting it going. And you have to keep doing it, right, you have to keep recommitting your energy to it or you're you're committing yourself to that new endeavor and the more you commit yourself the more it picks up steam and the easier it gets to keep going in that new direction that's the gate three right so we we have a, a bit of this lethargy and then out of that lethargy comes this potential and then we start claiming that potential and we start moving forward but we have to persevere we have to stick with it a bit we can't just like give up and say, we can't try it one day and go, oh, well, that diet doesn't work or, you know, that thing doesn't work or that isn't what I really want. And then change. Right. So we have to be we have to be willing to be open to doing things differently, to being different. But then we also have to be aware that it's going to take some time to get it up and off the ground. Right. That it's going to it needs some tenacity. It needs some uh, stick to itiveness right, to be able to see it through. And partially that's why, you know, when, when I looked at the fact that the sun moves into Taurus right after that new moon in, at 29 Aries, uh, does that give us the stick-to-itiveness, right? Taurus is an earth sign. It's practical. It is a, a more tenacious sign. It's fixed, meaning it can get stuck, but it can also stick with something that's new and take us down the tour of the, the long run, right? Sticking with something for the long run. Now, this one, you know, the new beginnings often create chaos. In the shadow in the gene keys, this is the, the gate of chaos. <laughs> That's the shadow energy. So the chaos is about a new beginning. What happens when we start something new? Often turbulence and some kind of craziness happens. So we have to remember that, but keep innovating, right? Keep moving forward. Now, in uh, traditional human design, the gate three is called the gate of ordering. Ordering because we keep bringing the chaos into order, or that's our job, right? So we, you know, when we start something new, then we have this time period where everything is upset, right? Everything is different. And yet we keep working at it, keep working at it, keep working at it, because what we're trying to do is bring it into order. 
And then just as we get it into order, something else happens, right? That now we're adding something new to the mix or we change something else and everything gets back out of order. So the gate three is where we're always trying to bring things back into order, right? And innovation is like that, isn't it? Right. Innovation. You know, new things don't just happen and happen blessedly without any problems. Usually there's something going on that that causes us to have to stop and do a recheck and then keep going. Right. Then we keep we can go take the next steps until we again come across something that causes us to stop and bring things back and bring that chaos back into order. So. The sun and moon are all on this new trip. Now the earth, right? There's the three, the combo, the sun, the earth, and the moon. So the sun and the moon are in the conjunction. So that means the earth is in the opposition, right? Otherwise we wouldn't see it as a new moon. We wouldn't see it unless we were opposite of it, right? We can't see it if it's right in our face. So right from the sun's point of view, it doesn't know that it's in the new moon <laughs> because it's too close. But the Earth, we can see it as, we know it as the new moon because we're taking the opposite viewpoint. Now, the Earth in human design will be at the gate 50, 50, which is a gate that sits on the spleen. And as you know, for the last seven weeks or six weeks, we still have this week and next week to go before we're done with it. The We, we have been having the transit of Earth through the gates of the spleen, which means that fears can get triggered that uh, the shadow energy is just, you know, below the surface. And it's the Earth's challenge to us to clear out that shadow in order to create the new beginning or to go with the new beginning. What's Earth's challenge? Earth's challenge is about transcending our unhealthy obligation status in order to be able to best serve or give of ourselves but with it all starts with our giving to ourselves right taking care of ourselves nurturing ourselves the gate 50s fear is that it's going to fail in its obligation to others but you're never really obligated to others your obligation is to yourself first and i know we've been taught that that's kind of selfish but it's not selfish when you're filling up your cup so that you have enough to give to others, right? If I'm coming from a deficit, I have nothing left to give. And that becomes something that is a, a downward spiral if you continue to do that. So the other uh, side of the coin here is when we become so sure that if we don't keep taking care of others that they're going to fail, then we get into smother mothering right? Smother mothering is when we micromanage everything, right, about that person's life. And or we keep setting aside our own um, things that we need to do in order to take care of that other person. The fear is that we're going to fail in our responsibility to our family, our tribe, our kids, our friends. But that can only happen if you fail yourself first. And just remember, the other side of the gate 50 is the 27. And we hit that energy this week later in the week on the 22nd. And the 27 is about being accountable, being responsible, 
for your own self and helping others to become accountable and responsible for themselves. What's the job of a parent, right? To raise your children to become responsible, well-adjusted adults, not to micromanage their every move. Their every, you know, they got to learn by mistakes, right? That's how we all learn, kind of by making mistakes. So it, it's an interesting combination of energies that we have moving us forward during this period of time. The gate 50 also reminds us of our values. What is it we value? Are you walking your talk? Right? So are, are you really living up to the highest level of standards that you've set for yourself? Right? If you say that you are this, but you're living this, then there's a mismatch in the energies and we have to bring it back into match, right? We have to be able to live from our values. So we have difficulty in the beginning starting something new and the way that we can help ourselves to align by it to it is to transcend any of the unhealthy things that we are attached to or that we have obligated ourselves to and realizing that we are walking our own path and that we have to walk our own talk. And it's also interesting to see where the Sabian symbol lies for this eclipse. It's at a duck pond and it's brood. And I was kind of sitting here thinking about this yesterday morning before I, I sent the weekly uh, newsletter out. And a duck pond with its brood. So when you think of a duck pond, you have an enclosure right? You have a body of water that can be small or big. It doesn't really matter, but it has borders, right? It, it's enclosed, right? It, it has land on one side and it has water. And if you see a duck, you know, on a, a pond, it's happily swimming along, but it's also contained. And meaning that everything that we do in this life has some kind of limits, right? We, we can't color outside of the lines all of the time, right? We have to have some kind of limits. And the limits are about how it is that we want to move forward, maybe with a plan or in a stepwise fashion or focusing on bringing something to life. Focus is, is required if you're starting something new. Focus because you want to have deliberation in the next steps in where you're going. So it's an interesting new moon. The um, Mars in this particular eclipse is at provocation, 39. And the 39 is a gate that is, is on the root center. So it is where we are provoked or we are the provocateurs to move out toward abundance, to move toward the 55, toward freedom. 39 and 55 are across from one another. So we also have Mars, the instigator, the catalyst, the dynamic motion a planet, moving us forward through provocation, provoking us, sticking us in the butt, saying, go, 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 go. And that's something we'll have to watch for. And he's also in Cancer. And Cancer is a water sign. He's fire. So we are also sometimes feeling the steam, the frustration, the anger, because it feels like, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not gaining traction. But that isn't a reason to give up, right? It's not a reason to give up. We're still moving toward freedom. Now, also in the new moon, Uranus and Mercury are in a conjunction. 
they're very close to that. It's 1533 and 1749. So what is that, a degree and a half away from one another? That's close. And what we have is the Uranus representing the higher mind, right? Uh, the part of us that's connected to the higher self. And then Mercury, the lower mind, the part of us that is the thinking, calculating, analyzing um, part, right? The in our In our human body, in our human form. So what we have, in a conjunction is the joining of the higher mind and the lower mind um, to take planned action, taking planned action. And sometimes that means we have to have faith. Sometimes that means we have to step out of our own way. Sometimes that means we have to try things even and risk, even if we're risking failure of some sort. Now, remember too, Uranus is at the gate two. The gate two is on the identity center and it's pointing downward toward the sacral. And it's called the gate of allowing or receiving. And it's very feminine energy. It's receptive. We have to be open to receiving. We have to be open to receiving inspiration, to receiving any kind of resources that we need or every kind of resource that we need to move forward, that type of thing. So receiving and allowing, but also joining up the higher and the lower mind to take planned action. All right. Questions. Anybody have questions about the moon, the eclipse, the meaning of it, how it's affecting you? The thing is, too, to understand where it is in your own chart. Where's Aries? The house that it is in is the area of your life that will be impacted, right? So like I said, it's in my 10th house. So it's all about my career and what am I doing and how do I present myself in my authority to the world? What is my authority in the world? Right. So that's where it is for me. But it can be in 11 other houses for you in your own chart. Have your own chart ready and understand what area of my life is the new beginning. Am I being challenged to bring in the new beginning? And then remember this, too, that even if it's in Aries, right, and it's in my 10th house, there's still the energy of the fourth house, the exact opposite house that is funneling in. So is it balancing home and family against career and profession, my worldliness? Indeed, my whole life seems to be about that, balancing these two, right? And family obligations or family dynamics sometimes taking me away from the business I love and what it is I want to do in my business. That's my axis, if you will, but it's focused on the 10th house. So in your own chart, what's it focused on? If it's focused in the first house, let's say you have Aries in your first house, then the opposite house is the seventh house. And so you're having to balance your own personal ambitions and drives and viewpoints against a spouse, perhaps, against business partnerships, perhaps, or people in other people in your life. How do we balance the I am versus the we are? And that is the, the way that this is going to work for everybody throughout this time period. Um, mermaid, infinity rainbow. I love that. 100% that I'm not part of this world. <laughs> I truly believe I'm a starseed. I've been seeing UFOs or UAP starships for two years. Videos on my channel, they interact with me. They are star family. I love that. We're all star seeds, I believe, right? I have, I do a lot of Akashic Records work and I have yet now, that doesn't mean there aren't any, but I have yet to find someone whose soul family started on Earth. Not yet. 
right? I get soul families from all over the galactic, uh, from all over the galaxies. But not yet have I had anybody whose life soul group started here. And there's a good reason. Earth is fairly young. In the grand scheme of the galaxy, Earth is young. Um, most of the people that I've worked with are star seeds from other places, right? Other places. I love that. Kathleen, how do I make the changes I wish to make? And how do I know what changes to make? Good question, right? You've had a lot of readings with me. We've talked a lot about how your human design sets you up to make those decisions, right? How do you make those decisions? Go back to your human design. I can't remember if you're emotionally driven. Um, if you are a generator, remember, you are responding to what shows up in your outer world. What is possible is because it shows up in your outer world and it draws you in somehow, right? It draws you in. And then do you make the decision through your instinct or your spleen or your intuition, which is the spleen? Do you make it from the sacral, which is your body wisdom? Uh-huh. Your body sounding the alarm. Yes or no. Is it your emotions? checking in with yourself. Does this feel good? Does this make me happy? Is this right for me? All throughout, say a 24 to 48 hour period of time so that you can get, you know, a clear, as clear as possible reading uh, from your emotional state on what is true and right for you. No one is without skills out there to make decisions. And what if you make a decision and it's the wrong one? Well, try, try again. Try, try something new, right? Do something different. Uh, but don't be afraid to do anything. That is the key. Christine, 12th Aries, Black Moon Lilith, and 4th Leo Uranus. Uh, 12th House Aries. Is that what you're saying, uh, Christine? And that means that this particular one is about bringing up the unconsciousness to the light, bringing the subconscious to the light, bringing up the old patterns so that you can release them. And also becoming more spiritually based. Um, not that you aren't already. I don't mean that. But, you know, you're becoming more and more spiritual if that is the area of life for you. And the Black Moon Lilith there in Aries would be a fear maybe of um, standing out on your own. You know, a fear of starting things new. And the unconscious mind there would hold the reasons why you might be having that fear or having to deal with that. Uh, Julie, I'm looking forward to meeting with you and to learn more about my chart. I believe we do that later this week, Julie, or maybe it's next week. I'm not sure. Corey, it's in my eighth house, but I'm also an Aries. So for those of you who are Aries or have Aries prominent because it's your rising sign or uh, the sun or the moon, I mean the, the moon or your destiny, this is about the beginning of something, the new beginning for you. And really embracing this idea of being you, not trying to be you, being you, not trying to be anybody else, trying to be you, being you, not just trying, being, right? And in the eighth house, that's a house of death and rebirth. So having to create a transformation for yourself, perhaps, Corey, um, what is it that you need to change? What needs to die in order for you to be reborn, right? What do you need to release in order to be reborn? It also has a financial implication for you, right? The, the eighth house is a house of wills and inheritances, 
being having to deal with the uh, with other people's resources. It has to do with debt and credit. It has to do with loans and money that we get from other sources. OPM, other people's money. So you might be seeing that that's something that you have to work through. And how, how would that transform your life? Um, what would happen if you let go of all of your financial worries, your debt, you know, um, I, I mean, the, the, the possibilities are endless. And the other thing with the eighth house, and this is one that um, astrologers don't often talk about, but it has a lot to do with past life karma as well. So it could be other lifetimes where you haven't been able to stand on your own two feet or where you've be gotten caught up in codependency, uh, where you didn't, your own identity got muddied up with somebody else's identity. Uh, those of you who are Aries are here to live out your destiny, right? Your individuality, being yourselves, right? You're not really here to live out anybody else's. But that can be very difficult for you, depending on the other planets that are engaged uh, in the chart. So I know my youngest daughter has an Aries rising and she just, what, a week and a half ago, start, two weeks ago, started a new job during through this whole, with the, between the last new moon and this new moon, started a whole new job and change, is changing up a lot of things in her life that are taking her into her living her true identity herself her true self um so but she's still struggling so it's not like it's easy it's not like it comes like this right i'm still struggling i i started my whole show this morning with the struggle right <laughs> the whole feeling of what is all of this about what is it all for why am i here what am i doing why is there this feeling that i'm hitting my head up against a wall uh so we just keep going though we keep going it's this week, Friday, that I meet with you, Julie. That's awesome. Um, nope, I don't need to reschedule. You're you're on my books, whatever day you're on my books. Uh, I do need to look at something, though, because um, when, so this week is, um, and Julie, I might want to move you up an hour if that's possible. Uh, so th this Friday is the third Friday of the month. That means it is our Pia and Cullen week. and I yesterday put out in the newsletter a downloadable um, vortex day calculation sheet. We're going to be talking about the vortex days. So you won't know what to do with the sheet yet. So don't worry about that. But on Friday, Pia and Colin will be here and they will teach us how to use that so that we can calculate our own vortex days. And again, she'll go back over what are vortex days and why do we care? This is all because Tom and I had this conversation about vortex days and asked her that question last time. And this time she's going to teach us about more about what it means for each of us. So you can download that. Uh, I will also put it in the description of the YouTube video. I will also post it on Facebook. It'll be in Google Drive. What I suggest you do is download it to your computer or laptop or phone or print it so that you have it for Friday's show. And again, they'll be here Friday at 8 a.m. But this Friday is also Astro Design Meetup Day. And that usually begins at 12. If I can move you up an hour, Julie, that would be awesome. If not, we'll start still at 12. Just I'll just go from one thing to the next. And uh, we'll talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about in your own chart. Maybe you want to take a look at where Taurus is in your chart. 
uh, and the Taurus gates in your chart because by then everything's moving into Taurus and now we're cultivating, now we're growing, and now we're dealing with where are we in our comfort zone? Where are we stuck? Where do we have to kind of push ourselves a little bit? So that will be on Friday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. East Coast time. Everyone is welcome to join us. I will post the Zoom link uh, later uh, this week because I don't want a bunch of people joining us that are just there to cause trouble, which happened a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago. Uh, so don't forget about that. That will be at noon. All right. So that is it for me today. Do you guys have other questions that you want to talk about? Uh, if so, if not, I'm going to pull us some cards anyway. And I'm going to pull us a Galactic Heritage card. I love these cards. These are the ones from uh, Alyssa Royal Holt. And it takes us on the journey of the Galactic, right? All the Galactics. So let's see what the Galactics, the Galactic Starseeds, the Galactic Peoples have to say. And I'm going to do this for the new moon. What is it that we are here to experience for this new moon? And, ooh, this one stuck with me. Secrecy. Ooh, that's interesting. Serious in the past. Secrecy. Card 44. Interesting. We're going to be dealing with gate 44 in a week or so. Secrecy. Serious of the past. And the card 44, which is ultimately an eight. And let's see, Sirius, the, the star system Sirius, right? Um, in order to protect and serve humans in the early days, Syrians often had to work secretly in small covert groups. There was a strong feeling that separation was necessary in order to do positive work without obstruction. Many humans still carry this karmic pattern. This card encourages you to think about the issue of secrecy and how you live your life. It suggests that it's time to live your life out in the open with no shame or fear of rejection uh, or retribution if you show your true self to the world. This may be scary at first, but it will eventually lead to a true sense of freedom and self-confidence. This card continues the theme that was discussed for card 43, which was about serving humanity, I believe. Uh, it was called saving humanity, okay. Um, the Syrians became very secretive, forming covert groups to work against the negative influences in order to ensure humanity's survival as an independent, sentient species. Well, I'm telling you, they need to come back and help us right now because these reptilians are trying to take over. These Syrian secret societies having positive intentions were the first seeds that created the pattern of covert human groups that eventually formed secret societies on Earth. These societies continue today from a very innocent desire by the Syrian forefathers to protect humanity. If this card comes up in your reading by the, the Syrian, it could mean that you are either connected to this ancient time on earth when the secret societies began, or you had subsequent lifetimes with this theme. It could also mean that in your life now, you cling to secrets as a way to control others, to protect yourself or to feel safe and in control of your life. This is one of those cards where you will have to look at the surrounding cards as well as the themes in your own life to really ascertain the deeper meaning. A general rule of thumb is to remember that secrets ultimately destroy relationships and the integrity of a community. While holding secrets is part of being human and is sometimes done in the best interest of others, it can sometimes be damaging. 
This card asks you to be very conscious of your relationship to the idea of secrecy and use it only with integrity in every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm -mm. Secrecy. <laughs> and interesting because at a new moon with the darkness can come the ex expression of what's been in the dark, right? We can start to bring out what's been hidden in the dark. All right, and let's do a Dreamweaver. I mean, uh, yeah, Dreamweaver's Oracle. <laughs> Time to feed the hungry heart. Card 25, which is a seven. Kind of looks like a hammerhead shark, but look, at he's got blender feet. Blender feet. It's weird. Time to feed the hungry heart. Card 25. Let's see what this means for us. All right. The essential meaning of this card is time out, self-care, a need to regroup and replenish nourishment. There are times when you work so hard and move so fast, juggling so many things and putting others first that you don't remember to take care of yourself. When this happens, you start to feel burned out. You might resist this knowledge and force yourself through the exhaustion to prove you're a hero, to show how far you can push yourself. After all, it's impressive being the too busy one, the one who handles it all, isn't it? Well, the universe is not impressed at all. Did you know that the world will continue to spin if you take some time to take care of yourself? <laughs> Do you remember what kinds of books or shows you love to explore for the sake of fun? You must build yourself up with stories of hope and redemption, love and goodness, triumph and truth, truth, if you want to write it into your own story. Maybe you need a hot bath and a good cry or not, a hug from a pet, dancing for the sake of it, a walk where you don't bring your list of to do's with you. You can accomplish so much more if you include rest, relaxation, fun, spending quality time with your loved ones, healthy food and lots of self-love to your menu. It's time to feed your hungry heart. Feed it with love. That's a good one for all of us. That's actually kind of gate 50 we talked about, right? The gate where we have to be responsible for our own self-nurturing. It's a good one. And then next week, of course, we get a dose of that with the gate 27 of self-nurturing. Okay, perfect. All right, everybody, that is it for me today. I will see you on Friday two times, once for the show with Pia and Colin, and then once for Astro Design Meetup at noon. And uh, have a great week. See you then. Bye.